Pop Other Shave Cream presents Gangbusters. Authentic inside facts about America's worst criminals. Taken from the files of the American police. The crusade against crime. Sent you every Wednesday by the makers of those two unique shave creams made with olive oil. Palm Olive Shave Cream and Palm Olive Brussels. Tonight, Philip H. Lord interviews Sheriff James A. Corey of Akron, Ohio, to hear how diligent and clever detective work solved the mystery of the Akron cop killers. Well, men, next Wednesday afternoon, millions of you baseball fans will be waiting for the outcome of the annual All-Star Game in Washington. Well, tonight, on behalf of those two fine shave creams made with olive oil, Palm Olive Shave Cream and Palm Olive Brushless, let me present one of the men who will undoubtedly umpire that great game, Ralph Babe Benelli. Thanks, Eric. Say, babe, you've played baseball for 16 years and umpired for three years. Tell us, what's the most exciting play you ever saw? Well, that's a tough one, Eric. But see how you like this one. The St. Louis Cardinals were battling the Cincinnati Reds. The St. Louis team was one run in the lead. The Reds filled the bases with one out. The Reds' next batter cracked a terrific line drive at Dizzy Dean. It hit him on the kneecap, the ball without striking the ground, Bounds in the hands of Rip Collins, the first baseman. Rip stepped on the bag, and it was a double play. That <laughs> must have been exciting. But, babe, uh, you said before the program that you're sold on palm olive shave cream. Is that right? I sure am, Eric. Selling one can make a man's skin feel like it's been rubbed with sandpaper. So naturally, I use palm olive shave cream because it's made with olive oil. There's nothing finer to keep my skin in condition in olive oil. Ask any trainer. But you certainly ought to know, babe. And thanks for coming here tonight. Yes, men, and because olive oil is nature's finest skin conditioner, that's why we make both palm olive shave creams with just the right amount of olive oil. So if you like a thick, moist lather, try palm olive shave cream. Or if you like a brushless cream, try palm olive brushless. Either will give you an easier, closer, quicker shave, leaving your skin feeling extra smooth, quiet, truly toned up and conditioned. Now visualize the setting for tonight's interview. Sheriff Corey is sitting across the desk from Philip H. Lord in a special office at New York Police Headquarters, turned over to Mr. Lord by Commissioner Lewis J. Valentine of the New York Police Department. Philip H. Lord begins the interview. Everywhere I went this past week, Sheriff Corey, people tried to make me tell them how the Akron cop murders were solved. Well, they were solved, Mr. Lord, by one of the shrewdest, fastest-thinking detectives the New York Police Force has ever had. But it was an 11-year-old girl who gave Chapman Fiaschetti the idea of how to go about it. 11-year-old girl? Yes. And let's take the night of June 11th, 1918. Captain Fierce of the New York Police was putting his 11-year-old daughter, Anna, to bed. Up in bed, Anna. Okay, Daddy. Yeah. There you go. Now the cover. Wait a minute, Daddy. You promised if I come up to bed, you'd tell me about them. Will you be quiet? I'm with Okay. Well, Anna... Six months ago, there was an officer on parole duty out in Akron, Ohio. He was walking along his beat when somebody shot him in the back. What for, Daddy? Nobody knew. Did they kill him? Yes. Oh, I see. Two weeks later, Anna, late at night, two other officers were shot in the back and killed. Nobody knew why or by whom. Gosh. Two months later, Officer Geffen Richard was shot and killed. Gee, Daddy, weren't the other cops scared? Not only were the officers in Akron upset, Anna, but all over the country, because it looked like an uprising of the underworld. I got a message from the chief of police of Akron. He said that somebody who didn't give their name had called him up on the telephone and told him if he wanted to solve the cop murders, he should look for a man 
with a hole in the hand. A man with a hole in his hand? That's what he said. So the chief of police at Akron thought the man with a hole in his hand might come to New York. He telegraphed me and asked me to start looking for him. How'd you start, Daddy? It's my job, Anna, to know a lot of people in the underworld. So I got word to them that I wanted a man with a hole in his hand. Then one night, a pool hall man called up and said that a man like that was down there. Yeah? And he had a hole in his hand. Yeah? So I arrested him. Yeah? I bet he was scared when he saw you, Papa. <laughs> I didn't tell him why I wanted him. So he told me his name was Manfredi. And he'd come to New York from Akron with a friend by the name of Biondo. So I went to where Biondo was staying, and I arrested him, too. Mm. But the hardest part is yet to come, Anna. They won't go back to Akron with me. I've got to get extradition papers, and that takes a long time. If there was just some way I could get him to go back there tonight and start in getting the other killers. Well, Daddy, why don't you tell them that you want them to go back to Akron with you on a picnic? I'm afraid, Anna, they wouldn't want. Wait a minute. Tell them to go back to Akron on a picnic. Couldn't you? Wait a minute, wait a minute, dear. Not a picnic, Anna. But I didn't want to let them know why I arrested them. So I accused them of robbing a jewelry store out there. They said they hadn't committed any crime. I could make them think I believed them. And maybe I could sell them the idea of going back to Akron to square themselves. You give me an idea. Where are you going, Daddy? I'm going to tuck you in there. Then I'm going to the jail and try to get them to go to Akron with me. Anna, you'll be a detective yet. This cell right here. Well, man, Freddy, aren't you speaking to me? Why should we? You were the cop who put us in this cell for you, Teddy. We ain't done nothing in Akron, Copper. We don't even know what jewelry store you're talking about. Listen, Beando, you too, man, Freddy. I've been thinking over what you two told me. I'm ready to admit I'm wrong. I'm positive you two fellas are innocent. Uh, that's more like it. Why don't you let us loose, then, Copper? That's just what I am going to do. Turn it loose? Yes. I've made arrangements to free you. But here's the hitch. You'll be picked up again by other detectives until that Akron job is solved. You'll be picked up every couple of days. You think we're innocent? I'm positive you're innocent. And so will the Akron police be when I tell them the facts. If we go back to Akron, of our own free will, will you go back with us, Fiaschetti? Sure. I'll go back on the midnight train with you tonight. I'll turn you loose now and meet you on the train to Akron. Okay, I'll go. So will I, Fiaschetti, if you turn us loose now. Okay, you're free. Freddy and I will meet you on the train to Akron tonight. I'll see you on the train tonight.
now, Captain Fiaschetti. He can't keep his eyes away. What a feed we had. I guess the Ambrose gone to sleep. Yeah, he had too much wine. Let's you and I go into my room and play some cards, huh? That's okay with me. The Ambrose will sleep all the way to Akron.
Well, two million other men had found palm olive shave cream's lather is richer, longer-lasting, and that it helps give them an easier, closer, far quicker shave. Yes, and because palm olive shave cream is made with olive oil, it also helps tone up, condition their skin, make it more pliant, really fit. Why don't you try palm olive shave cream and enjoy these benefits yourself? Okay, Phil. Now, Sheriff calling what happened when Captain Fiaschetti of the New York Police arrived at Aquin with Manfredi and Biondo. Manfredi and Biondo were locked up, Mr. Lord, and Captain Fiaschetti got permission from the New York Police headquarters to remain in Aquin and work with the Aquin Police. They put the pressure on the Aquin underworld and found that one of the killers, Rosario Borgio, was living in a house on Risby Street. Well, Captain Fiaschetti and the Aquin Police went there and quietly entered the long hallway. This is the door to Rosario's apartment, all right. We don't want any killings, Captain Fiaschetti. We've got to take him quick. Watkins, we've got to take every one of this gang alive. They've murdered four officers in cold blood, and they've got to burn in the electric chair for it. Shall we try a key in the door, sir? No, we'll crash it. All right. Sure. Now, it's got to go the first time, men. Ready? Three days later, Mr. Lord, after questioning, Borgio lost his bravado and turned yellow. Who was the man, Borgio, who fired the gun who killed Officer Cassigan? I told you 20 times it was Pasquale Biondo. Pasquale Biondo fired the gun which killed Officer Costigan. Did he? Honest, he did. Why would I lie to you? You've got me, Father Mother. I know I'm going to burn an electric chair. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Where can I find Pasquale Biondo? I don't know. I haven't seen him in weeks. He's done something. Who can tell me where he is? I don't know. Maybe Mazzano. Rosano was one of the killers, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe he can tell you how to find the spot. Where's Mazzano? I don't know. Maybe you can find him at the... He can't speak. Okay, I'll start looking there, Rosario. But if I don't find him, I'm coming back to see you. We're going to get every one of you killers.
Don't make a move. If any one of you makes a move in this joint, I'm going to blast it wide open. All right, Mazzano. Start walking for that front door. Don't any of the rest of you move one step. You can't do this, copper. If you don't want to go out of here, please first start walking. All right, take it easy. By the following morning, Mr. Lord, Mazzano had broken under the ceaseless questioning of Captain Fiaschetti. Mazzano. Who killed off of the Costigan? It's Farley Biondo. Yeah. It's Farley killed him. But you were one of the killers of the other officer. You got $250 for each killing. Yeah. I killed them. But I want a Squally Biondo. Where is he? He built town a couple of weeks ago. I don't think nobody knows where he is. I should have beat it, too. Who was the other killer? Giovanni? Yeah. Giovanni did some killing. Was Chiavato a pal of Pasquale's? Yeah. Them two guys always run around together. How can we get Chiavato? I don't know. He's in town still. Okay. Okay, he's in town. Then it won't be many hours before we'll have him. I won't sleep until I have every one of your gang headed for the chair. Case moves like lightning, Chief Corey. It's a powerful case, Mr. Lord. Killers banded together to murder all police officers for $250 a life. Well, Captain Fiaschetti and the Akron police started combing the city for Chiavaro. And finally came a tip that Chiavaro was hiding out in the cellar of an old dilapidated rooming house on Liberty Street. The detectives went down into the cellar after him. It was pitch dark down there. Police. 
What's the next plane tonight for Sandusky? Sorry, Captain, but there aren't any more trains for Sandusky until tomorrow noon. We've got to get there quicker than that. What other trains from what other places go to Sandusky? There's a train that leaves Cleveland at 10.30 that goes through Sandusky, but it doesn't stop there. Besides, it's 35 miles to Cleveland, and you've got only, uh, only 45 minutes. 45 minutes. That means you'd have to average something like 50 miles an hour. Okay. Lieutenant. Yes? Get me the fastest car in Akron and have it at the front door in three minutes. Don't slip. Yes? Detective Watkins arrived at Sandusky at four in the morning, Mr. Lord. They went to the Sandusky police, got their help, and Captain Fiaschetti, taking charge, stationed the men about the Summit Avenue house. For daylight was just breaking as he walked up the steps with Detective Watkins and knocked on the door. I hope, Watkins, that you clean up the case. Corley Beyondo is the worst of all the killers. Be careful. I will. You watch yourself, too. I hope we can get him alive. This is the first case I ever heard of where there were five professional killers involved. Hold your gun so you can use it quick. Somebody's opening the door. What do you want? Get away from here. We're police officers. We want to come in and look around. Oh, no, you don't. But the idea is trying to slam the door in our faces. Go away. She's trying to warn somebody inside. Come on, Hank. Oh. Go across the hall. Rush it. All right. Because your name's on this suitcase. That's why I asked who it belonged to, and you said it was yours. Smart coppers, huh? Well, you ain't got nothing on me. We got the other four killers. Lozano, Chiavaro, Borgio, and your brother. They all name you as the one who killed off the coffin. I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. You can't hang it on me. Keep your hands over your head and stand up. I didn't kill no cops. You can't send me to the chair. I'm going to die. Turn yellow all of you when you're caught, don't you? Hold your hand. Leave me go. Leave me go. 
Oh, I'll pay you to leave me go. Well, there's enough money in the world, Pasquale, to get you out of the electric chair. Shoot me now. Shoot me now and get it over. Oh, no. You're going to burn. Get going. They're waiting for you. No. No. I didn't. I didn't. You can't find me. You can't find me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And did Pasco, beyond who goes electric chair, Sheriff Coy? Yes, Mr. Lord. Pasquale finally confessed to the murder of Officer Costigan, and he was electrocuted October 4th, 1918. Frank Mazzano confessed to the murder of Officer Richards, and he was electrocuted. Also electrocuted were Rosario Borgio and Penalo Chiarao. Lorenzo Biondo and Tony Manfredi got life imprisonment, and they all confessed that the murders of the other officers had been only held up until Manfredi could be killed in New York by Biondo. The territory, this has been a terrific case tonight. That shows what we might be up against if there weren't for our courageous police. Gangbusters, Mr. Lord, has become an important factor in crime prevention among the youth of this country. It gives them a chance to hear what actually does happen to those who think they're smart and undertake a career of crime. Well, that's our purpose, Sheriff Coy. To try to present the case as directly and positively as possible. Now, in just a minute, we shall have something very special for you. But first, Eric Ross. Thank you, Phil. Men, if you shave with a brushless cream, why not do as Comfort Subtle Men are doing and use palm olive brushless? Palm olive brushless spreads on smoothly, evenly, helps give you a quicker, easier, closer shave. It's a greaseless cream, too, and rinses instantly from your razor. Most important, because palm olive brushless is made with olive oil, nature's finest skin conditioner, you'll find it leaves your skin soothed, pliant, toned up as never before. And if you have a touch of sunburn, rub in a little extra palm olive brushless after you shave. It helps relieve that dry, burny feeling. Makes your skin feel cooler, more comfortable. Try a tube of palm olive brushless. I know you'll thank you for the tip. And now, let's alone again. Listeners, it's a great honor to present Mrs. B. F. Langworthy of Winneska, Illinois, who for three years was the president of the National Congress of Parents and Teachers and is now editor-in-chief of the National Parent Teacher Magazine. This is Langworthy. The value of these gangbusters program is not so much that they are breathlessly exciting, but that we parents shall be jolted out of our smug complacence over the fact that we are not criminals and therefore crime does not touch us. Nothing could be more futile than such an attitude, for crime travels fast and our smooth highways offer a constant invitation to it. Unlike poets, most criminals are made and not born. They're made by broken homes, by street play late at night by impatient housekeepers who don't want their houses mucked up by their children, by deadly boredom, and by hateful poverty. Parents know that the community is only the extension of the home, so that the well-being of every child in the community is as important as that of our own. The safety that we wish for our own, we must wish for our own children. The laws governing the family life must be observed if the home is to be a happy, well-ordered institute. It is here that a child should learn law observance that will instill in him the respect for state and national laws. We shiver as we listen to this program of broken laws and ruthless injury, while every father and mother must feel a passionate desire to draw their children into the circle of their arms and shield them from such disaster. But unless we begin with the earliest character lessons to be taught in the home, it may be too late, for gangsters are always waiting for new recruits. Let's accept this challenge. And make the family the gang. In an interesting and exciting life, but full of integrity and order. Crime can't win, but the home can win. Thank you, Mrs. Langworthy. Listeners, in this crusade against crime, not only do we try to influence young people, 
that the clues broadcast at the end of each program has been a definite help to the police. Over 100 criminals have been caught because of the clues broadcast at the end of each gangbuster program. Here's Eric Roth to tell you about next week. Next week, gangbusters will present an entirely new type of police case. You'll hear how the police can tell one man from five million. How a pair of shoes talked and unfolded a mystery. How one detective hid in the back of a car and talked with the police department while he watched the kidnapper work. It's a thrilling, exciting, factual police case, and one you'll never forget. The crusade against crime. <laughs> This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.